Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hello and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James and that's Conrad. Hello. Hello Conrad. How are you this week? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. I, uh, I'm i just going to tell you what I did rather than waiting for you to ask me. I what watched, did you do? I watched these... <laughs> You stole a march on me. Um, <laughs> I watched season two of The Boys, um, oh. which uh, I believe may also happen in the Dark Universe, given the, uh, the St. Christopher uh, pendant showing up in both shows. Um, oh yeah, 100%. It was a very a very much a sort of Bader-Meinhof complex moment for me. That, um, But yeah, how are you? That's why Dark av- avoids the topic of the Nazis a fair bit, because they don't want to accidentally ruin the canon of The Boys' Dark Universe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. You want to hold that stuff back until season three of Dark uh, slash season, well, and season three of Boys. Um, mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. The Boys. I almost said The Dark and and Boys, which wouldn't make it. That would, those names aren't as good. That would be absolutely ridiculous. Um, well, me. There's a few things happened this week. I'll start off with some good stuff. Uh, I uh, started watching Babylon Berlin, which is a very highly rated uh, German TV show. Three series are out so far. Season four is coming, I believe. And it's set in 1929 in Berlin. Oh, um, that sounds interesting. Oh, yeah, is, that, is, that on, is that Netflix? It's actually on over in the UK. It's on Now TV. Oh, okay. It, it is on Netflix in certain parts of the world. But for us, we have to watch it through Sky on Now TV. Um, but, okay. uh, and my friend gave me his login details, so I'm getting to watch it. But it's really, nice. really good. I've watched three episodes for anyone who's interested. And I've been told to to uh, watch it so so much by multiple listeners Brent, Brent the middleman the number he's been telling me for the last three or four months to watch it um, and I've finally got around to it and I'm hooked it's and, and Conrad actually you it was right up your alley as well because it's actually a noir yeah I do I love a noir and of Germany obviously you know the, the home of expressionism so uh, if you want to uh, if you want to see some something with yeah detectives and and shadows and beautiful lighting Germany's the place for it, so I will. I'll definitely check that out. Hopefully, the uh, the Now TV police don't come for you um, now that you've outed yourself as as stealing um, this content via your friend's login. Oh, did I, did I say I'm using my friends? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that was a that was a lie. Um, and that isn't a uh, lying isn't a crime. Well, not lying <laughs> in this respect. Uh, anyway, uh, so the other thing that happened to me this week was. Uh, now, I've already put up a post on my YouTube, a text post, saying that I can't give my Thursday video essay slash uh, review epi- uh, video this week. And I haven't missed an upload on a Thursday since way back in July when I first announced that I was going to be doing the Thursday uploads. Um, so it's, it's with a heavy heart I didn't do it. But I couldn't do it because we had some coronavirus scares in our family this, this, uh, this week. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, is, is everything okay? Everything's fine. Uh, my first son, child one, he had um, he had a very very high temperature on Sunday night. Um, two, we, I was off work for two weeks uh, for mid, extended midterm to sort of give a little buffer for the for the virus. And then, just as I was about to go back to work the next day, my son got a huge temperature, and we ha- I had to go and give him the test. We had to go get a test, and I had to put the thing up his nose. I had to do it for him. Um, that wasn't fun. No, it wasn't. Uh, so uh, anyway, we got through it, and then. I was off work that day because of that. We got the ne- came back negative, and then I went into work the next day. And about an hour into work, I started coughing like a madman. Oh. Um. So Good. then, so then I had to go because I work in a school. 
yeah, there's no, you can't take any risks. So I had to go home, go and get a test myself. Uh, <laughs> came back negative, and I wasn't in work until Thursday. So uh, I was in work okay. today, back, back, uh, ready to go in work. Luckily, I am. I had actually done the dark discussions episode before I got uh, the cough. But um, yeah, so it was an exciting week for me. And so, guys, that's why I didn't get a video up this week. I had to prioritize dark discussions over the Thursday upload. Plus, I thought just hanging around my family, making sure we didn't have coronavirus, was more important. That seems like a wise choice. And uh, what a roller coaster ride of a week you have had! Oh, it's you know, it's it's been fine. It's been fine. I can look back on it now and think that I the virus made me have more family time. You know what I mean? So uh, I can't really, you know, if I have a cough, I have to self work because I can't give. I can't go and give it to like 150 people. So it is what it is. I was forced into it. I mean, and- you 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 can. You just shouldn't. Oh yeah, I definitely can, but I but I'm not gonna I'm not <laughs> yeah, I'm not they, gonna do that. They wouldn't appreciate it. I'm not even gonna joke about doing that because uh <laughs> uh that isn't something I should do. Uh so anyway, uh, It's fine, I don't work in education, so I can make as many jokes about it as I want. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh okay, so um I think that's all oh yeah. We'll just do a little spiel now. That's a whole huge this is this is classic conrad this is yeah this is this is back to the bad old days where we're just like we're not here to talk about dark we're just (laughs) here to we're just here to have a good old chin wag yeah exactly but uh so we're almost six minutes in now so better time than any to say if you've listened to all this stuff make sure you subscribe (laughs) to the youtube channel but also subscribe on on audio apps that'd be really really fun if you want to leave a question for conrad about season two episode eight uh leave it on the next uh, on this video and then i'll ask them to him next week uh, also, if, you, if you're listening to the uh, audio version of the podcast, or even on YouTube, you can email us at adpodmail at gmail.com. That's adpodmail at gmail.com. And you can send us an email. You can send us some uh, a lovely message. Whatever you want to send us. Uh, you can send us pictures of uh, Peter Doppler's uh, you know, elephant. We've talked about this all before. Um, right. <laughs> I did not think that's what you were going to say to send us pictures of to be honest well yeah well we all know what i really mean (laughs) okay i don't want Uh, pictures of that (laughs) no no definitely not Uh, okay thank you very much and we will get into the i don't know why i'm thanking you we haven't done anything yet but i will get into the podcast (laughs) you're welcome and let's do it (laughs) oh let's break it damn the episode opens with a very thematic montage i'm not going to say anything about it i'll let you talk about it first um so i'll i'll admit something now about this montage <clears throat> excuse me which is that um despite it clearly being characters being you know confronted by i guess figments of their imagination i know ghosts, what you're gonna say and hold on <laughs> i there there was the bit where um the bit where hannah is uh staring at staring at stranger and um and there's a silhouette of a figure in the doorway. I, despite all the evidence that this was ghosts or you know figments of imagination or whatever you want to call these these things, I spent a good amount of time paused on the shot of uh, Hannah with the silhouette in the doorway, being like, "Oh, who could this possibly be? It doesn't look like Claudia. Maybe it's Jonas." <laughs> and then and then I just pressed play, and um, and it was just Ulrich's force ghost or whatever you want to call these <laughs> things. So, so um, but you paused yeah. it so you could predict in real time. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh, I need this. Is it that I've I've been eagle-eyed here, and I've spotted a silhouette that only the keen-eyed watcher will have spotted." And then like. 10 seconds later it's like nah it's just Ulrich um, that, that reminds me now this is a real like segue here 
but that reminds me i was watching someone playing fifa on uh on on, on youtube and, okay and you know how when the ball's gonna go across the line for a goal they they show if it's went over, over the line or not right yeah well this person the ball went and it was like clearly nowhere near over the line and it paused and showed it from all the different angles and he was screaming at the screen going that's clearly not a goal that's clearly not a goal screaming and then the replay went on and the ball just f- flew into the back of the net <laughs> <laughs> that's <was> very funny <laughs> uh, nowhere near needed to be checked on the line at all like that's very funny yeah but so i've been caught out um by overanalyzing something rather than letting the scene play out um but yeah it was this was a great opening really cool uh stuff like it's kind of um it's kind of like a signpost i think for the rest of the episode it's kind of like telling us what um really all of the main characters in this episode are kind of driving towards um, yeah narratively speaking um and I think the, the the voiceover from Adam is quite um, is quite interesting in and of itself because it really speaks of of a sort of truly broken man and the way that he's sort of talking about desire and affection being these sort of natural human emotions that drive us forward, um, but they also ultimately are the cause of all of our pain. Um, mm-hmm. And and it, it it gives us a glimpse into the kind of mind that could see perhaps the destruction of humanity as an act of kindness because it is removing all pain i suppose yeah okay really interesting yeah i and i I do have to admit now what i thought you were going to say at the start of this uh whole um scene discussion here i thought you were going to say that you initially whenever you saw marta there were like how did she get there (laughs) no i let that play out because i was like there's no way marta's here as well as magnus and francisca okay the first time i watched it about two years ago that's what I thought. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, whenever this first came out, I was in a year and a half, I think. I, I was definitely like, what? Hang on. How's she there? And then literally within two seconds, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. When the, like, that's why it was, I mean, in, in many ways, my thing was even stupider because I'd already in my head been like, oh, well, this is obviously a projection of his uh, desires because we know that she's dead in his time. Um, and then it got to the Hannah and Ulrich scene and all of that just went out of my mind. And I was started, started scribbling down notes on who could possibly be guiding Hannah in her time travel journey. Oh, my God. Great. Okay, so then we get the uh, plate for the 26th of June, one day until the apocalypse. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is the one that you thought was going to happen last episode, but then because we had that whole sort of interlude episode in the past, uh, it didn't happen. The name of this episode is The White Devil. Now, I am, I don't even think, I I don't even, didn't even look up the translation because I just know it uh, because they say it so much. Now, so I I actually know this one one hundred percent like this. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to have a go of uh, what? Look, I one hundred percent know it. Do, just because you've got some German stuff right in the past, do you want me to try and have a go at it first? I yeah, don't mind. Like, I'm, I, like, they say it enough in this episode that I feel like I'd be cheating if I I'm pretending to be more competent than I actually am if I said it. So why don't you why don't you take a run at it and we'll um we'll all judge you. Okay, so I think it's Der Weiser Teufel. Uh, I think I think you're almost there. I, I yeah. this is this yes. is based on I, I think you're That's from um, memory. I think you're I can't remember the name of the 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 word for your D dares and dasses, but I think it's G because it's hold on dare is masculine, 
D is feminine. So I think it. I think um, it's a devil is feminine. So I think it's device and Teufel, uh, but that's based on how i've heard it so i haven't seen it written down so i'm not okay sure. i'm really interested now is my like so i haven't actually ever looked up how to spell it i think i oh hang on no i did but i don't but i but i just translated the white devil i actually i'm not sure so let me know when i when i i've put it in a video before like two months ago and i i i, I think i remember it being der weiser teufel uh, i could have easily yeah i could have easily heard it wrong to be honest so it, it I'd be interested to know if it is masculine, feminine, or neutral, and um, and how it's actually spelled. Yeah, so this is actually a really good one. So let us know who's right, me or Conrad. And the subtitle for this episode should be "Everyone Gets a Time Machine" because they're all at it now. <laughs> they are. They are actually all at it now. You are right. Okay, so uh, after this, we get the uh, crematorium scene, uh, or whatever you call this thing. Um, yeah, Claudia's uh, dead. And they're having a look over her body. Um, first thing I'm going to notice in this, the uh, pathologist in this scene is in Babylon, Berlin. And I, oh, I really? <laughs> I wouldn't have known that if I didn't start watching it this week. Anyway, uh, what do you want to say about this scene, Conrad? Um, I think there's too much in this scene. The one, the one thing that stuck out to me was the the interesting golden compassy looking thing among mm. Claudia's possessions, uh, which feels significant. Um, other than that. This really feels just like it's kind of setting up uh, Egon for the journey his character will take across multiple timelines throughout uh, throughout this episode. Yes, uh, definitely. And also but the idea of the radiation of the body too, clearly. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm my, I, I guess, like, I'm not thinking that hard about that because I think my assumption is just that if you be time traveling you're just irradiating yourself every time you're doing it uh, maybe that will turn out to be wrong and something else is causing the radiation but um but that's my that's my thinking on that at the moment okay fair enough um we then cut from a dead claudia to an alive claudia and mm. she is rifling through the big black book that um burnt gave her and she's starting to record on the little tape machine that we saw Eunice listening to in the future Maybe I shouldn't have told you that. I'm sure you already knew it. Um, yeah, no, I'd managed to put two and two together on that one. Yeah, and then uh, her secretary comes in and says, um, "Secretary comes in and says, you know, oh, you're here already." Claudia realizes she's been there all night. Yeah, and um, yeah, then takes off for the hills, uh, leaving the French delegation once again high and dry. <laughs> I, I, I do wonder if the people that Ellie um, ends up hanging in. Um, in, in 2052 are the french delegation who finally get a chance to see the nuclear power plant after after 70 years of waiting for someone to accept their meeting and uh unfortunately it's with ellie and it doesn't go well <laughs> so that's an interesting so is that a theory ah uh, no no that's just me being stupid like that i mean they were <laughs> they, they they there is a uh, there is a theory in there that is the kernel of a theory because yeah, yeah. um it the fact that there's this french delegation perhaps explains why french uh, speaking people know about uh, the God particle in 2052 and the, and the power plant and, and are trying to investigate it. Um, so I think it's more, my assumption is it's more just kind of, you know, world building and filling in a couple of easy to fill in blanks rather than it being something important. Cool. Awesome. Uh, right, moving on from there. Um, the stranger wakes up and realizes that the uh, time machine is gone and Hannah is shown walking into the caves. Yeah, so this is this entire arc for Hannah 
really caught me off guard, to be honest. I didn't see this coming at all. And I, and I think, I wonder how much of that is because I'm still in the mindset of the previous episodes. I've kind of maybe forgotten a little bit what actually happened to her in the previous episode. But it seems like her motivation for doing this is mainly the argument she had with the stranger, or I, I, I say argument, the, the dressing down the stranger gave her about how she only cares about herself. Yeah. Yeah, so... It's it's interesting though. I feel like, as is often the case with Dark, well, she I, was very she was suicidal not long ago. Remember that so. is true. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I say interesting. The word is probably frustrating with Dark that it feels like every time I suggest something about a character, it mocks me by completely reverting their <laughs> co- the, the course of their actions. So in the, in the last episode, I, I was talking about her and Ulrich on the swing set together being these kind of diametrically opposed characters in terms of how they will respond to the coming storm, saying, you know, Ulrich will actively try to stop it and fail and she won't do anything and they'll both end up in the same place. And yet here is Hannah being probably as independent as we've ever seen her be i'm i'm going to say i mean she she appears to be doing this completely on her own without any instruction um and yeah she's she's off to the 50s i did not see this coming i will say though what you've just described does actually sound like what is happening like she kind of is doing nothing you know what i mean like you said that auric is the one who goes and do, you know tries tries to stop things and ruins everything and she does nothing and that's kind of what happened in this episode. Yeah, I guess she is kind of just cleaning her hands of the whole thing. She's saying, like, I'm not taking any responsibility for this. I'm off to a different time to start a new life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and actually, it is really interesting. I, I, I won't go too much into it now because it, it I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say my opinion. I'll give it a general gist of my opinion of this episode now. And then we can probably get into it a bit later. But mm-hmm. I, I wasn't in love with this episode. It wasn't bad, but I think there was a come down from the previous episode. But I think the Hannah storyline did a lot of heavy lifting in, in this episode for me. Okay. Awesome. Um, also the Claudio and Egon one. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of really, really interesting stuff going on with Hannah's character here. Uh, and that idea that she is kind of washing her hands of it. And the fact that she is so, I guess, detached from her life that she can just be like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm done with the 2020. I'm going to go live in a different timeline now and and actually do that is it's almost sociopathic to be honest that she can do yeah. that. Um which is is something we've we have accused or you specifically have have said of Hannah before um, when we were talking about the rape accusation with Ulrich. Yeah, yeah. I, it's also something that just the way that our listeners responded to our conversations about that rape accusation with Ulrich this is what they had in their mind whenever yeah. they were thinking about that. So, like, the the the, the animus towards Hana doesn't come from nowhere. But at the same time, you have to be able to put yourself in the position of someone watching the show for the first time again. They haven't actually got the proof of that she is maybe as cold as she is. Yeah, oh she- my god. Like, just, I, I, this, this episode, in terms of coldness, I don't think we've seen a character be as malicious as she is in this episode. Yeah, so you can kind of get now where people's opinions are yeah. formed of Hannah. Having said that, I do have opinions on that later on as well. Mm. Um, so we'll, we'll cover that later on. But in terms of your general gist of the episode, I think what has happened is, uh, with you in terms of this episode, is that you've been taken off the Ferris wheel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been dragged last, off. In the last episode. <laughs> 
and then and then you've just been thrown back onto it on this episode and you're a bit discombobulated for the first yeah bit. i think i think there definitely was an element of that because i was a bit like okay why is hannah leaving um and, and trying to remind myself of what happened the ex- episode before last um but you know i i don't want to give anyone the wrong impression like, i still enjoyed this episode it just was a bit kind of like after the dramatic highs of the last episode i felt like there's there's a there's a bit of filler in this episode which i mean it's filler by dark standards so it's not really filler but um it's less compelling than some of the stuff we've we've seen before yeah and i also maybe will say as well that if you were binging the show you might not have had this issue um because you're waiting a week between you properly were off the ferris wheel so to speak i i I think i also this is maybe my own fault but but because i've really grown to love i mean we'll get it i I don't want to go into this too much now because um we'll get into it as as the scenes come up because i've really grown affectionate for egon's character i think i had built up the episode around his death um a lot in my head and then uh, so it, i maybe went in with expectations that weren't met by by the episode which isn't really the fault of the episode it's just yeah uh, yeah oh yeah and, uh, i know what you mean but i would i would say in terms of the actual storyline of him and claudia which obviously we'll get into a bit more as well is i think that it actually does do his that really great sympathetic character justice uh in terms of how cool the storyline is Mm. um maybe yeah so this wasn't this isn't an a-tier episode definitely not um but it well in, by dark standards but it is but it is uh an a-tier storyline in my opinion I, yeah I, I think that's fair yeah uh okay so after this then we get katarina um sort of maybe a beginning of one of the little sort of fillery sort of uh storylines as you were referring to um well just for this episode anyway uh yeah she, she shows her she's got a k plus u tattoo on her arm yeah um, that was a bad that looks like a prison tattoo it looks like it was done with a hot needle it does it does i probably did it they probably did it themselves but uh yeah she um then i think this is a, just a really short scene and she sort of just gets up and walks out i, I don't really think there's anything to talk about here no i, I think uh, katarina's stuff um kind of comes to a head uh later with 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 the kids um i don't think there's too much about it in this um in this scene except to mention that she is clearly animated to go and do something now or she has resolved to go and do something yeah yeah uh okay so then we get a a short scene of uh peter being told about noah uh, the fact that noah is charlotte's father um i personally cannot really remember if there's any dialogue that stuck out in this scene i think it was just another one which was showing okay now this character knows this was there yeah, anything? I, I think uh, th- so when i when i mentioned sort of storylines that felt a bit like they were just kind of spinning their wheels i think the kids and um uh charlotte and peter storylines in particular didn't really feel like they developed much in this so so peter knows about um charlotte's mother being being alive now which i imagine is going to be significant um but i don't think there was that much else to 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 most of what these characters did in this episode really yeah 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 yeah. it's sort of just like this it gives it gives us a chance to sort of be reminded of that i suppose yeah um, I, th- I think that is what it is I, i'd like i did get that sense that there was particularly with the with the, the the teenagers and and a couple of the parents it was just a recap on what we might have forgotten because we've had an episode away from them yeah yeah exactly Okay, so then um, next we get uh, now we we can maybe amalg- amalgamate this a little bit, um, but we get uh, Clausen looking at a photograph of him and a young and a, 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 of of what what very much looks like a young version of him. We come to learn <laughs> yeah. we come to learn that it is 
Uh, it really, that really looks like the same man. Like I, I can't tell if that's photoshopped or not with the actor's face, but I, I, I got a really un, uh, uncanny valley vibe from that. Like it looks, it, it looks good, but there's something a bit off about it, which makes me think maybe they, they put the actor's face onto, um, onto someone else's body. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, and it, it, so we, so we'll we'll get into a bit later what we come to learn. But basically, what were you thinking at this point when you saw him sort of inspecting this photograph again? Um, I think he looks also. He he sort of stares up at the Alexander Kolo as well on the wall. Yeah, I I think um, I picture I of Yassin was there too. Just we'll say. yeah, picture of Yassin like prime prime place. Um, I hadn't really put two and two together at this point, but I, I think this is one of those frustrating situations where as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, oh, okay, well that's his brother, um, and um, that was. I think fairly evident uh, that that was going to be the reason that he had volunteered for the special task force in Vinden. Um, but I, I didn't, I didn't see a lot of the Alexander stuff coming. I mean, obviously we know that Alexander has been a focal point of his attention for some reason. Um, but the way, the way the storyline pans out, I, I, yeah, I didn't really see coming at all. Okay, cool. Um, okay. So uh, next scene, we get Bartos, with the other with the other teenagers and um he is all i think that basically if i remember correctly actually there's something that i remember from this scene but i'm not sure if it's this episode of the next so you tell me what's in the episode. <laughs> i don't want to ruin it uh, you know what i mean so i mean basically they're talking about um the i'm trying to remember specifically what they say so martha is talking about um well, Master is basically really angry. I think with um, the 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 fact that everyone has been has been keeping secrets, and, and Francisca has some of that um, has some of that uh, that that anger in her as well throughout this episode. Yeah. Um, and it's I think it's yeah it, it's interesting that that her kind of like infatuation with finding the truth in this scene is is mirrored by pretty much all of the children. Um, but I suspect the one who will actually get to get to closest to it is the one who can't see or hear like ellie seems to be the one who's actually I, I, i'm not gonna say listening because that doesn't make sense but she seems to be the one who's kind of like absorbing a lot of like the emotions that are going around here and 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 making perhaps like a more uh reasonable read of the situation um but i think really this scene just struck me as 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 these characters just having an outlet for their emotions so Bartos comes across as like incredibly bitter uh Francisca's angry and Magnus kind of just feels like a passenger but I I think they just want to know the um the truth about Mick well Marta specifically wants to know the truth about uh Mikkel and Ulrich um which she'll find out by the end of the episode yeah yeah cool so what the the thing that I thought was in the scene isn't so that's great that we did we did we we didn't actually. Yeah. Talk I mean, about you can mention that. it if you want, and then I'll put it in the theory matrix. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a theory for get, the next. <laughs> yeah, get some points. Yeah, charity uh, points. Okay, so then we're back into the fifties, and um, Egon goes to visit uh, Helga and and uh, Greta, and basically he's trying to ask him, "Has he seen this woman before? Uh, who's the White Devil? Hmm. All that sort of stuff." Um, what do you yeah. what do you think? So, I mean, something struck me in this scene um that I don't know if there's really going to be an answer for this. Um it's really just speculation on my part, but the the white devil as a name is incredibly dramatic. Um and it kind of implies that she's spoken about in almost sort of 
I guess almost like mythical terms by the Sigmundus cult, um, which I don't know. May- maybe that makes sense given that they 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 seem kind of fond of grooming children to join their ranks. So they talk about their enemies in in these kind of fantastical terms. Um, but yeah, so that that struck me as interesting, and also um, Egon's reaction um, when um, when. I think is it Helga the one who says the White Devil to him when he shows her uh, shows him the picture, isn't isn't? Yes, uh... I, that's how he learns the name. I think. Yeah. So so is he? He hasn't heard that before because his reaction to it just made him, like it seemed like he had, but I wasn't sure if it was one of those kind of deja vu things where his older self will hear it and it's this kind of uh, this legacy of, of of a memory carrying through the timelines, even though he hasn't heard it yet. Satanists. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, all about that's... the Satanists. I am yet to see any evidence that Sigmundus aren't Satanists, to be honest. Like, so I'm all on board with Egon's theory. Yeah. Okay. Like, isn't isn't the Minotaur kind of like a goat head? Even though he's not a goat head, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, he's a bull, but bulls and goats are basically the same thing. I think they are basically the same thing. Like bull milk. Horns. I love bull milk. Bull milk. Bull is... milk. Delicious bull milk. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, right. <laughs> so then, uh, there's a. First of many um, middle middle aged Claudia and old Egon scenes in the eighties, where um, yeah. basically she is coming over to try and get him out of the house, um, and he says uh, that he needs to go to chemo, and she agrees to go with him. In terms of this first scene, I'm not sure if there's too much uh, extra in there. I, I think it's just I didn't actually look up her name, which I feel bad about, but the actress who plays uh, middle aged Claudia does some real heavy lifting in this episode and i love how she plays her character i mean it's, it's kind of throughout but in this scene you really see it like how much of a loose end she is at like she really plays herself as strung out like someone who has barely slept for days um and and there's this really interesting kind of internal conflict within her where she is desperate to save her father but similarly to the um the the way that the the Nielsen children can't really speak to Katerina in the episode before last because of all the, the all the things that have gone unsaid between them in the last seven months, I feel like she Claudia is wrestling with this emotional weight of knowing she has to save her father, but she doesn't really know how to speak to him anymore, and it's a really interesting duality in the character that yeah. is explored to tragic ends uh, in this episode. Very tragic ends. Very tragic ends. Um, yeah, like I, to be honest with you, I, I, I love the storyline between these two characters. Like the, as yeah. I've said before, the, that triplet of scenes back in earlier in the season, I, I, like I don't think there's a dull scene between these two. Um, no, yeah, I, I agree. And as you say, like I don't think, like I, I don't really think that the idea that she d- is directly the cause of his death was on many people's minds. Uh, I know. It sort of makes sense, I suppose, which I'm going to get into the analysis of a little bit later um, in terms of the uh, parallels with Jonas in the last episode. But um, mm. but yeah, it's really, really interesting to me, uh, the, the, the dynamic between these two. And as you say, some of the, some fantastic acting from uh, especially the actress who plays Claudia later on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anything more you want to say there, sir? No, just that um, I think it, it did... So I, w- I was trying to figure out for the past few episodes like what I thought was going to happen to Egon and the idea that uh, Claudia might actually inadvertently cause his death had definitely been on my mind mm-hmm. um, as a as a possibility and I think there is this 
there is this growing sense of dread uh as the day go as the day goes on and it becomes clear that um you know he isn't in any immediate danger that it might well be something that she's going to do that will cause it yeah yeah exactly and to be honest with you that is a a path well trodden in this show uh in terms of build up and build up and build up and then the character causes it themselves Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah it is definitely a path well trodden uh okay so next we get um alexander gets confronted by clausen and uh arrested if i I need a one lift he'd have been fine just get those extra two inches back alexander yeah actually in, in the subtitles did it say two inches yeah, he said, "What happened to the two inches?" Which okay, uh, yeah, because I think know, I think in the German audio it actually says like ten centimeters. Yeah, he definitely says centimeters because yeah, German Germany is purely metric. Um, uh, metric. So yeah, they they um they they did us English speakers the the honor of converting it to our our broken imperial system. Yeah, and uh, five foot six. Now. <laughs> He's not, not five foot six. He's he's not five foot six. Five foot six, six, six is quite a short man. Yeah. Um, maybe he is, and it, the camera's doing well for him. Like I think Tom Cruise is like five foot what seven. Five uh, yeah, something like that. I think. I mean, Alexander definitely needs to get in touch with, um, a Tom Cruise's cobbler. Are they still called those? The guys <laughs> yeah. who make shoes. Yeah. Why to not? get to get lifts. Um, it, it, because this feels like. This feels like a glaring, um, a glaring omission in his in his cover story. Yeah, and to be honest with you, like I don't think the like the the listeners wouldn't know this because I'm always sitting down in my videos. But these are short people problems. I'm six foot six, so yeah, Anthony is uh, is far taller than me. So uh, yeah, you never have to experience these uh, these these woes. Although, well, I'm I'm like five eleven, so I'm okay. I'm average. Your average height, yeah, yeah. I think your your average height, whereas I am, as my son calls me. A giant, a Goliath of a man. Yeah, my son literally calls me giant. Um, <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, basically, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he is five foot six. He doesn't look five foot six to me. But and then again, the camera does add four inches. Uh, okay, so, uh, <laughs> so uh, next up, we get uh, Marta and Stranger Jonas meeting for the first time. Yeah. Now this this is. I forgot to mention this when I was talking about um, kind of relationships carrying the episode. Um, there isn't that much of these two, um, but I was so enamoured with Stranger's performance in this episode that I, I uh-huh. was I was moved to go and look up his name. So yeah, and- Andreas Pietschman, I think Pietschman, I think is how you say yeah, it. I knew it was Andreas, but I didn't. Yeah, but I think he might be the performer of the episode for me. He, he plays... Um, he plays stranger with such vulnerability um mm-hmm. in this episode and it and it really um they only get two scenes together but it, it, and they're not that long either to be honest and the, the, there's very very few words exchanged between them um but the fact that both of these actors managed to kind of emphasize these feelings that the characters share um and the fact that they seem to sort of transcend time and place um because he's still feeling them for her mm-hmm. uh it, it really captures um this kind of tortured romance um that is both problematic and also touching at the same time it's 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 a really really interesting relationship these two have and i'm glad they're they're exploring it further yeah and i will just say as well um i've said it before but i'll say it again this actor who plays stranger Jonas, the way that he's able 
to embody uh, a nearly 50-year-old man and, and to me come across as a mature nearly 50-year-old man, but at the same time reflect entirely that teenage Jonas that we know. Mm, yeah, it, It's really interesting. Um, the idea of being this very adult person with, with this almost juvenile... Well, what appeared to be in the initially juvenile feelings towards his auntie but uh <laughs> yeah well but i mean i think it's i think it's it's i i totally agree with you and i think it's very very realistic for someone who had to grow up completely on their own very very quickly you know it's easy to forget that the jonas is not an adult when he sets off on this journey and he's missed out on so much of the kind of adaptation and socialization that we go through in our 20s because presumably he spent his 20s and 30s you know not being exposed to people in healthy ways so mm-hmm. i think yeah the fact the fact that he captures that and i i don't know if you want to do the do both of these scenes now if, uh, or if we you can want to do until... definitely no we can go we can go so, so uh, i love the the uh the bit where um where marta mentions she's getting deja vu and uh stranger mm-hmm. being the or Jonas being the nerd that he is mentions the matrix um really made me laugh well that is a um, callback too though uh, yeah, no, I, 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 it, I actually can't remember when that. Is I think a it's in the. Fir- I think it's in the first ever episode, actually. Yeah, when, I think when they're waiting, right. they're waiting on the rest of them coming to go into the into the. Yeah. they're on the bridge and they're waiting on the rest to go in up to the cave to get Eric. Yeah, drugs. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right. Um, but it, it just, um, yeah, it made me laugh because it's like the worst romantic line, which shows that you know jo- Jonas has aged thirty years, but he still hasn't learned how to talk to girls. Um, <laughs> and then, um. He knows how to talk yeah. to this one. Well, that's true, yeah. But I mean, this one is well. We'll we'll, we'll see if she wants to talk to him again after this episode, actually. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, the the way uh, the way he's played um with kind of fear for uh for Katarina when she like storms in. There was a great physical performance from both of them. Um, you know, he he's he feels very vulnerable. Um, but is still trying to sort of protect Marta when Katarina, um, you know, breaks the door down with a crowbar. Um that it's yeah it's it's just a really good performance from from all three of those actors uh to be honest and it's um i suppose the 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 thing i took away from from katarina's storming in is that it does actually lend a bit of credibility to hannah's decision to just leave uh oh yeah definitely i I think katarina if if hannah stayed around longer i think katarina probably would have eventually reverted back to her her full-on days in the as a teenager and just beat the crap out of hannah eventually like um, yeah i think i think katarina definitely has that in her locker yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, she already beat up Regina, didn't she? Um, yes, so. yeah. But, um, yeah, so I will mention as well, um, Egon takes the monopoly in this show base a, a lot of the time in terms of pity. Um, in Like, pitying the character. He's a very... Uh, em- em- I-, I feel a lot of empathy towards Egon. Mm. There are other characters who get a little bit from me as well. Like, I think Ulrich, old Ulrich, sort of get does get a little bit, to be honest with you. Even though we know he sort of deserves where he is. But at the same time, he gets a bit of it, as we've talked about before like just the, the the passage of time uh definitely there's there are a lot of characters who do you, you do pity and you do sort of you see where they're coming from and you are sort of very sad for them but i just want to say in this episode whenever katarina calls uh says to says to stranger Jonas something to the effect of keep your disgusting hands off her or something like that yeah that really hit hard for me and yeah. even though it's kind of technically right because they're related um it still hit hard for me, and I felt so sorry for Jonas in that moment. Yeah, yeah, and and, and he pl- he plays his response to it with such pain as well, because it's yeah. kind of like he know he already knows that what he feels is wrong. 
but you he can't just make those feelings go away um and and it's yeah it's it, 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 it's an interesting comparison between the characters i think because katarina always strikes me as someone who very much does see things in black and white um and the, the world that dark portrays just doesn't seem to be that way um and it, it's yeah it's not fair to stranger and it yeah really hit home for me as well yeah okay cool moving on <laughs> i'm laughing there because i said okay cool every time we say something that's really sad i say awesome or cool stranger had his uh heartbroken and uh loses the love of his life but that's awesome let's uh perfect let's move let's on, moved on. <laughs> okay in, in, in the following on from that terrible news let's move on <laughs> move on to the next scene uh so uh egon's strapped up to the chemo machine um I tell you what, if I'm ever on, if I ever have to go through chemo, I want it to be in a wood panelled room. That's that's how oh, I it's want. A, it's beautiful. It's a lovely, <laughs> lovely hospital they're in. Like you know, I, I wouldn't want to have chemo, but if I had to have it, I'd have it yeah. in this room. I feel like yeah. you should have. They should have the, uh, you know, like Dave Brubeck album just playing soft jazz in the uh, in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great. But um, this is the scene where he starts to. Uh, Think about a particular movie that came out in 85. Oh, I am legitimately impressed that Egon knows what Back to the Future is. <laughs> he does not strike me as a, as a kind of man who goes to the movies that often. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe he goes to like the silver screenings. Yeah, he goes to the, the Nickelodeon to catch the latest uh the latest uh buster keaton flick <laughs> is, is that something that they have worldwide i wonder could you could the listeners let, let us know silver screenings like in the uk and ireland we they, we have like silver screenings where like at like 12 p.m in the day certain cinemas will put on a, a film and it'll be to draw like the retired crowd yeah um, it's normally like a classic they'll put on like gone with the wind or something like that yeah and they'll and they'll all come in and watch it um that's sort of how how they'll, that's to be honest with you whenever i'm uh retired that's how i'm gonna spend my day oh yeah absolutely yeah so me and my wife love going to the cinema so i can't wait to retire and we're just gonna go to the cinema five times every day uh i feel like silver screenings in 1986 probably aren't showing back to the future (laughs) no 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 i don't think so (laughs) get with the get with the 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 new thing grandpa (laughs) yeah he saw a trailer for it before it and uh he just gauged it all from that um yeah yeah uh okay so moving on then we get uh Oh, actually, what did you think about that uh, that re- that re- reference to Back to the Future, and that's sort of that's how he's he's connecting the dots through this film. I I, th- I thought it was very typical of Egon um, that he, you know he he kind of he he arrives eventually arrives by the end of this episode at the correct conclusion, but he does it through a kind of ridiculous bumbling means, uh, which which is very funny. But I I think. The thing that really struck me, actually, and, and we'll probably spend more time on it a bit later, because it, it, it's, there's a direct line of comparison between what he says here and what he says later in his flat with um, with uh, Claudia. But his his reflection, or the fact he is kind of reflecting on his failures as a police officer, um, not knowing that he'll he will die today, is, is in in and of itself is very sad. Um, and, and Claudia's reaction to it is um, is fantastic. You know, it kind of it, I, I feel like she feels like she can't change it. Um, but I mm. think really the 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 thing that that really hit home for me for these two characters in this scene is it is Egon is kind of lamenting that he doesn't see the world as it actually is, and Claudia does. Um, and that's why he he's a bad police officer because he kind of sees the good in everyone and everything, and that's a that's a really damning indictment of the world that that 
that uh, Bamboo and Yonja Freese are, pre- are presenting, I think, um, that, that this character has kind of lost his faith in his own goodness um, and will continue to do so throughout this episode, actually. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a fantastic point that I uh, that I fully agree with. I think the idea that in order to actually be effective in especially a role of a police officer in a world like this, you need to be cynical and you need to you need to like you know question everyone's yeah. motives and everything. Whereas Egon, no, we've seen he doesn't really do that. I think the only person he ever questioned the motives of was Ulrich in the eighties. Because yeah. because he 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 had this inkling that he was a Satanist. Um, yeah, he had a, he had skulls in his room and listened to heavy metal. So uh, yeah, and, and he and he also like sort of knew his face from back in the fifties. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, so <laughs> next up, we get uh, Hannah. We find out where she's travelled to. She's travelled to the fifties. This. Um, just, I, I, where did this come from where like i i just did not expect this at all from this character well she's what do you mean she's been infatuated with ulrich the whole time she finds out where ulrich is and then she gets up opportunity to steal a time machine so she does so and goes to him yeah i guess so that is true i didn't think she was this infatuated with her one drive her one driving force the whole show has been get ulrich yeah, I, that that is true. Yeah, I guess I didn't think she was going to go to these lengths uh, to do it. But it, it, it's a really... I feel like they very deliberately... I mean, obviously everything they've done in this show is deliberate. But uh, the, the shift for her character between the last episode and this one is really interesting. Because mm. I feel like in the last episode, her relationship with Ulrich is kind of presented as maybe a little bit less calculating than we first thought it was. Like, it seems like a kind of spur-of-the-moment thing they didn't really intend for it to happen. It just kind of did, and and a and an affair came out of it. I don't know what your read of that was. Well, yeah, I will say that I question. Like, I think that is true, and that's how it all started. And Ulrich definitely had eyes for it to start, because um, throughout the party and stuff, he kept like sort of giving her looks and everything. Yeah, it did make me question whether or not that uh, affair was already going already. But I, I, I don't. Mm. I think I would probably lean towards it not, and I think we saw the first instance of it. Um, having said that, I would definitely be open to the idea that they were already in an affair because of the way Ulrich was sort of yeah. throwing her glances the whole time and everything. I think, yeah, my read was definitely that that's where it started. That feel It feels like that's the story they're telling, but but yeah, yeah. I, I think it's obvious there's a there's a, a frisson there. Um, but, um, but, but yeah, I... I I, I think the way that that relationship is presented as as perhaps beginning as a bit of a, of a you know spur of the moment impulsive thing, the way that her character is contrasted and because that it's not good to do that, but it's more forgivable than someone who like calculatingly goes after someone's partner to to steal them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and her character in this episode is kind of contrasted with that as someone who is as calculating as any character we have seen um in the show up until this point like she's truly she's truly pretty monstrous in this episode to be honest yeah well i think by by like you could see whenever she was a teenager she always was infatuated with Ulrich. like she had a little scrapbook Mm. where she would put their faces together she would always like fold like every time we've seen her in this series she's been next to a photo of her Ulrich and katarina and she's like folding katarina out of it but um i think that but whenever she eventually got Ulrich, close to being 50 years old she finally got him at that party I think she was like, "I'm never letting him go again." Yeah, there, there is, uh, there is definitely an element of that, and I, I suppose in my own mind, I'd, I'd, I'd figured that she'd maybe let it go a little bit um, in the seven months or so since she's last seen him. But clearly, that's not the case. Yeah, exactly. And right. Actually, okay, yeah. uh, so just to just no. to make one more point, this this actually, I should you could 
see this coming conceivably because she's done a very similar thing where she asked alexander to destroy him um Mm -hmm. that is looking back on it that is a very clear marker that you know she can't have him no one will um that that basically comes back in this episode yeah and also the idea of that happening as well because nothing really came of it because auric had already done that to himself yeah uh, there was actually not that much weight paid to the idea that um that she had went and asked someone's life to be destroyed yeah. You know, but if we if he, if Ulrich had not gone back to the fifties and he had stayed in this timeline in the twenties, uh twenty twenty twenty, I mean, um we're in the twenties right now, did you know? That's weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but, it uh, is. I've I've got my I've got my spats and my I don't know what else they wore in the twenties. I wore spats on my wedding day, you remember? Yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh anyway, so basically the idea that if he had stayed and we had actually witnessed Alexander actively trying to ruin his life that may may have made this make a lot more sense without having to think yeah. about it a little bit because yeah. that's what she wanted you know so yeah yeah this is just kind of her her plans manifesting in a, in the same way that she always wanted it to just in a different timeline essentially yeah exactly uh right okay so then we get the scene with um Clausen and Alexander in the in the invest in the in the interrogation room yeah um <laughs> What do you think about this scene? What is going on? Like, Clausen is not allowed to do the things that he does. <laughs> just in pops Abelard. a gun on the table. Yeah, just pops a gun and then starts pointing it around the room like he's <laughs> a goddamn a Wild Bill Hickok. Just like... No <laughs> matter what, though, that gun... If you get shot with that gun, judging on the rules of Nintendo 64's GoldenEye, you die. Yeah. One shot, a, no matter a, where. Is it a, a golden gun. PPK? I uh, know that's not the golden gun. The golden gun's more boxy than that. It's like no, no, no. That... But the actual gun in the in the show is gold. <laughs> oh, like... I see what you mean. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he's got one of the special ones. They only give them to the top detectives, and they they have. I can't remember how the man with the golden gun how it actually works. Is it poisoned bullets or something? I have no idea. I think <laughs> I, I think the remember. bullets in it are supposed to be poisoned, and if Christopher Lee shoots you with them, they kill you immediately. It does, <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, all I remember is that his name is Baron Scaramanga, uh, which is a great villain name. That's a good thing to remember, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah. So this the whole Clausen storyline to me it, it annoyed me a little bit because I felt like. You, have you ever seen the episode of The Simpsons where they're watching Itchy and Scratchy and it, they keep, uh, keep going past signs saying like five miles to the fireworks factory, three miles to the fireworks factory and Millhouse starts freaking out. It's like, when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> like That's how I feel a bit with this yeah. storyline where I'm like, okay, I, f- I feel like Alexander is being kind of waylaid in this storyline to keep him away from the power plant so something bad will happen because some idiot will do something with a pit of cesium stuff in his absence um and i'm I'm kind of anxious for it to get to that moment um but there is having said that i don't want this was probably my probably my least favorite storyline of the episode but there is still good stuff in here so the actor playing clausen really hams it up in this uh yeah, scene he's... as as he's wont to do yeah we've mentioned before that he's a bit he, he kind of is a little bit like a whodunit detective yeah because he is like he is like properly chewing the scenery in this in this episode yeah. in this scene We're- and it is entertaining. Like Clausen is always as a as a character uh, or in in his performance is always fun to watch on screen. Um, I, I, it does leave me with questions though. So I mean, wh- why has he got a letter? Like who wrote that to him? It's got to be someone who's 
who's you know looking to 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 either maintain things in the timeline or i guess maybe maybe change things in the timeline but my my suspicion is it's from either Jonas or claudia although i don't know why um but it's i i i wonder if it is just going to be what i predicted is where this is just a way of keeping him away from the power plant in the plot so that something bad can happen there uh without him being there well, him being there to sort of stop it happening, you mean? Yeah, like so he he knows how to decommission the power plant without ruining everything, and I and I wonder if the my my suspicion with this storyline is that it's just keeping him away from the power plant so that either someone else can do something deliberately bad or someone will will cause the uh, the meltdown or whatever happens uh, through incompetence. Okay, interesting. Um, what did you think about the whole uh, the Freud uh, quotes and all? This this is sort of it, it has been built up a little bit that he's he's the first time we ever see him he quotes Freud. Yeah. Um, and this, yeah. yeah. The, it's there's a there's a theatricality to him which is really the only people that were in in the Freud that he quotes as well, which is really only mirrored in in I, I don't think he's necessarily related to them but like only really mirrored in the Sigmundus guys to be honest like it feels this kind of pursuit of a of a truth and 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 the, the sort of drama with which he talks about it it does put me in mind of them a little bit though I, I don't see how he could possibly relate to them um i think the the main thing i i took in terms of clausen's specific storyline from this is that i don't fully understand um whether Alexander, the identity that Alexander assumed is literally that of his brother or if he has just been directed to Vinden because there is the presence of an Alexander Kola there and and it's kind of drawn his eye. Well, do you remember he, he uh, used the passport? Yeah, yeah. So, but but are we to are we to understand that the passport that he has assumed the, of the person um, was clausen's brother or is it just well yeah if you Alexander go Kerla? if you go back and look at the photograph in in the passport it looks very very like the fellow who's in the picture with okay. clausen yeah so i mean he talks about he talks about his brother disappearing with this long freud quote that's very dramatic i can't remember exactly what it is it's like they'll give he them that has eyes to hear and ears to hear uh, eyes to see and ears to hear blah 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 may convince yeah. himself whatever yeah so it's about you know about the the truth outing lies yeah the behavior of liars basically um the fact that his brother disappeared through, i i i'm still i'm not sure where this storyline is going but i feel like we know that alexander had an had an accomplice um for the murder in marburg um and i wonder if if um uh i don't oh well i was gonna say i don't know if we find out his brother's name it's obviously alexander curler um um, so i wonder if alexander curler was the one that they killed um and uh and he then assumed uh their identity which would feel that's what i would take from that but i don't but i well i think it was a bit i can't remember like my, my own read of this scene is that he his maybe his partner was alexander curler in some way and then, like there was, I think I think that he's telling the truth, uh, Alexander. Anyway, well, Yasin, sorry, he's telling. <laughs> I think he's telling the truth when he says that. It, you know, I think I think it was maybe wasn't intentional. I definitely got the impression here that he was working with the brother. Um, yeah, because the way that the article was written um, about the robbery, we found out in the last episode, it seemed like. It would it would be that way because why else would he have his passport 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that does make sense. And it, it, it's um, yeah, if they were like they they had their IDs in a in a bag to make sure they didn't get caught with them or something, and then yeah. and then he just decided to sw- swap out his identity. That yeah, that does make a lot of sense. That uh, that was kind of the the question I was left with after this was like, are we are we to understand that Alexander Kurler was was his accomplice or is his accomplice still out there? Um, and another character that we've that we've yet to meet. Yeah, so that's that's what I thought. Um, yeah. So yeah, so then he basically says, you know, under arrest. I, I like I like the end when he's like got the gun. You know, he's just like sort of almost got it like on his own face, and he's like, yeah. and then he pointed at him and goes, "You are not my brother. <laughs> you are definitely yeah. not my brother." It's just like I don't feel like this is allowed. Like you're not <laughs> just wave a gun around, but yeah, I, I mean. He's had an ele- an air of the sort of dramatic about him since he arrived, so maybe they just accept this comes with the territory when you when you get a Clausen on the case. He's been he's been uh, searched for his brother or what happened to him for thirty three years. Now that he's nearing the end of it and he's in the right town, he's like, I'm gonna make the most of this. I who was it? I I, I think it was like it, this was about a million episodes ago. But I was talking about Regina with her sword fighting being the Inigo Montoya from Princess Bride kind of character. Yeah. But but it's actually Clausen, as it turns out. So we're going to get some Gun Carter from him. For those of you who have seen Equilibrium, <laughs> Equilibrium's a great film. It is, yeah. Uh, okay, so um, it's also a film I forgot that existed. Yeah, I think most people did, to be honest. Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, okay, so next we get um, the first of two car scenes in a row, and it is Egon and Hannah, and they're driving to the the prison. So, oh, yeah, we have also didn't touch on that she said her name was Katarina Nielsen. Yes, yeah, so that feels important, though I'm not, I'm not 100% how that's going to manifest yet, but that, that, feels, that feels relevant. Yeah, I think the reason she did it um, is because she wants Ulrich to definitely accept her coming to visit. Uh, mm. But I don't know. Yeah, as you say, it might have implications later in other ways, but uh, that's definitely how what her reasoning for it was anyway, I think. Um, so was there, was there any dialogue in this car scene that you want to touch upon, or was it just um, at least drive just, through the country? <laughs> just um, like Hannah giving herself away by saying they don't have children and yeah. then Ulrich mentioning has obviously mentioned his son before um but I, he's I a madman <laughs> he is a madman yeah he's not to be trusted I, I don't know if there's that much more in this scene that that really struck me um it's just kind of i suppose she th- this uh, this um story arc, a story arc is almost like a character assassination of Ulrich like she breaks him down to nothing and i suppose it's uh, what this scene is doing is or is establishing that she's already doing that she's already discrediting this idea that he has children um in Egon and the rest of the police officers eyes so it's just kind of i don't know like the the ramp up to to the real, the really serious assassination of the character that happens in the in the following scene yeah, and I will say as well, I don't know if this is your read of it as well, but my read of it is is that because uh, she said that she has no kids with him, but then Egon's like, but he said he had a son, that means that later on when she says, that's not my husband, it's actually, Egon's probably like, yeah, I thought that because he, he has kids and you don't. So he it probably actually, even though they stood and talked to each like when I first saw it, I was like, how can Egon believe that's not her husband? He sat they stood and almost held hands for two minutes, you know. Mm. But the fact that they already there's already been a seed of doubt planted in Egon's mind based on the fact that she says they have no kids and he says they do, it sort of lended to the idea that Egon would then. Well, we know Egon's a bit gullible too, so he would then go along with it, knowing that oh yeah, it probably it mustn't have been a fit, you know. Do Do you think that she's going there 
with the explicit intention of rejecting Ulrich then? No, no, no. I don't think she planned that. I'm just saying that I think that it helps Egon accept straight away that that isn't her husband, even though he's just watched them talk six inches from each other's face for two minutes. But he, but even if even if she she may actually be going there wanting to claim that he that he is her husband, I think she does want that um, initially. I think I think well we can get into that as well. Like uh, yeah. Uh, we can do that right now. I don't mind. So my my idea is when she goes to him at the cage, uh, like at the the jail. I think I think she the was cage. Uh, yeah, the cage. Right, <laughs> he's in the cage. Uh, that reminds me of Borat too, as well. The cage. But anyway, um, anyone who's seen it, you know, you'll know what I mean. Basically, um, I I I always understood that. I I thought she did at when she first went. I think she did have maybe not fully want to get him back or whatever. But I think there was an element of her sort of not deciding yet. Um, she always just wanted to be in his presence again. And then whenever they were talking, in my opinion, whenever um, he started uh, saying that you never said I love you and that sort of thing, mm. um, she started realizing throughout the conversation. And when she finally saw this man again in a straight jacket, and, you know, she didn't... Everything she's gone through since he left, like asking for his life to be destroyed, almost killing herself, getting her son back, seeing that Mikkel was back in time uh, and turned into Michael, knowing all of this stuff, I think that when she finally laid eyes on Ulrich again, he wasn't what he was all, all, all he was cracked up to be in her eyes, you know? Yeah, I think that's true. But it's, so it's just, it's interesting you say that because I wonder if she's, I hadn't really considered that, but maybe yeah, her, her, her mentioning the lack of kids is, is her co- potentially covering her bases just in case things don't go well. Um, with I don't think with she Ulrich. intentionally did that. Let's just state that for, I, I don't think she intentionally did that. I'm just saying that the fact that she made that mistake meant that Egon accepted that she didn't know him quicker. Okay, yeah. I'm with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this is the best scene in the entire episode for me. I, I think that, that I, I like the Claudio and Egon stuff a lot, a lot, but this is almost like a sort of coming out party for, for Hannah as a character. Uh, I feel like yeah. she's, she's been... She's been like some other characters, she's been a bit of a passenger thus far. And then she just turns up wearing all black or all dark colours, like a black widow spider. Um, you know, this sort of physical embodiment of hell hath no fury, like a woman scorned. Um, okay. And it's really encapsulated in the performance, I think. The, the, the you know, she came here, like you said, because she, she still wants to have him. And in the early exchanges of dialogue, you can see that they're both still kind of happy and, and willing to dwell in that fantasy. And then as soon as he mentions his family and as soon as he mentions Katerina, you just see her turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's so vicious. And, and, and him ma- making him say that he loves her over and over again, only to just turn her back on him, is, is so brutal. Um, and it's just... He is just reduced to absolutely nothing in this scene, I think. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. One thing I'm going to sort of question uh, the the listeners, right? I want to ask this question to you. Because some of you might be thinking, like, she's obviously a narcissist. She's obviously a, a bit of a, um, what would what do we say? Um, sociopath. So, a bit of a sociopath. So a lot of you might be thinking, you know, she turned her back on him. She didn't get him out or anything. Here's my question. The man beat a child to a, within an inch of the child's life, right? How on earth was she going to get him out of that facility? Yeah, she's like, oh, he is my husband. 
Oh, that's fine. He can go then. As long as yeah. you keep an eye on him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, see, the only reason we were, we didn't lock him up for nearly killing Helga, uh, we locked him up because he wasn't married. But yeah, he's, he's married. Off you go, son. In the fifties, that's <laughs> suspicious. But now, yeah, off you pop. Back yeah. to wherever you came from. So yeah, there I, was there was nothing she could have done anyway. You know. So I've I've got a question for you. Um, you mentioned um, it might have been off air actually, but you mentioned a few. Oh, it was a while ago now. That there might be something um, that that Egon does, uh, Egon that Ulrich uh, does um, later that that has that makes some people kind of come turn around a bit on his character. W- was it this scene, or am I still yeah. uh, hmm, okay? It was it, this this scene. Uh, seeing, I think it wasn't. It's not even that Ulrich himself did anything. It's what he had done to him. Yeah, yeah. You like become sympathetic for him. I do I do see that. I like I, I think these characters almost deserve each other to be honest. Um yeah. if I, if you ha- if you held a gun to my head, if Clausen walked into the room and waved his gun around <laughs> and, and and forced me to choose between you these two characters, yeah. I guess I'd probably pick Ulrich, but it would be a close thing. Um to be honest. Um I, I yeah. think just because Ulrich I think I'd pick been, Hannah. Would you? you what mm. to live? To live, yeah. I, think I, I mean, it's. I think it really comes down to like Ulrich has done the more monstrous thing, but but yeah, Han- but he, he Hannah, did. Yeah, he Han- he Hannah's like he, the villainous one, I guess. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I, it's really hard for me. My mind goes. My mind does teeter to Hannah initially. Having said that, let's 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 really deconstruct it now. We know that she was also cheating on her husband at the time the affair happened, so mm. you can't really say Ulrich was really the bad guy there. They were both as bad as each other. Um, we know that uh, Ulrich was actually doing a lot of the... Even though it was heinous, heinous things, he always had in the back of his head that he was trying to save his son. Yeah. That doesn't... In the eyes of the law, that doesn't give you any credit. <laughs> but in the eyes of, you know, between choosing between them, I may maybe it does. Like, Hannah has never really been doing anything except for herself. Whereas at the mm. same time, Conrad, I will say, not once has she beaten a child over the head with a rock. No, I, I think that is that is the big thing. I, I think it's, it is hard. It is hard because I think Ulrich has done the more monstrous thing, but Hannah seems to have, seems to be the crueler character. Um, you know, that line in this scene where, where she, she uh, quotes her own son and says, he said i need no one but the truth is you need me is mm-hmm. is like jesus christ that's a villainous line to say to someone as they're sort of dragged away and i know it's a, a side of her we haven't really seen uh since the rape accusation but I, I feel like it's a really stark reminder that hannah is a character who's always willing to punch downwards um it's so in the 80s mm-hmm. we saw her shift the blame for the rape accusation onto regina who hadn't done anything wrong um uh, just just because you know to get to make herself feel powerful or i guess innocent in that situation and here by establishing her power over over the 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 stranger by by taking his time machine and then by tormenting ulrich so yeah i i it is a close run thing ulrich has done the worst thing so i guess i'd probably on reflection probably still pick hannah as well but i don't like hannah very much either yeah and i will actually just put it like this right think about it if you took them out both out of their life and put them into a different setting who's more likely to be the same person. I think mm. that Hannah is more likely to still be this person um, than Ulrich. I think Ulrich, because it was he was very much 
acting in it because of his circumstances. Yeah. I don't, I don't like, I'm not going to stand here and say that Hannah hasn't got the background for that as well. I just personally don't think we've seen it. Like we like everything she's that's driven her has been her infatuation with Ulrich. Yeah. And to be honest with you, Ulrich didn't ask for her to be infatuated by him. Um, so it's not like you can look at the, the, her, her history and think that she's a victim at the beginning of the story. Mm. I think definitely she's a victim in a way now as most characters in the show are, but I don't think the, the initial sort of fire that was lit under her character was because of victimhood in any way. I think it was just that she wanted something and she went to try and get it. Yeah, well, and, and, I, and I mean, I think we do literally see that in this as well. Like, by the end of this episode, she's back up to her old tricks. Like, she doesn't, doesn't, doesn't miss a beat. She's like, oh, I like police officers. Here's another one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, you know... It is so yeah he is the one that i made the false accusation to while he was an old man and i was yeah yeah exactly i I don't think she's thinking that hard about it to be honest (laughs) yeah it's good though but uh, okay so let's cover now the uh the few scenes um let's cover the few scenes with the uh the kids and the time machine uh stuff so basically um again it's a very similar scene to the uh to a scene from a few episodes ago i think in the nielsen family but now it's in the doppler family obviously magnus is there too yeah. and and francisca is like hang on you knew about this you knew yeah. about the time machine you knew about Jonas being back you know yeah and so I, she's I, she's got that anger in her that makes me think i, I can see how she ends up in like getting roped into the sigmunda stuff i think with how angry she is at her parents yeah, so can you actually elaborate a little bit on the roped into the Sigmunda stuff? Like, what do you th- what do you mean by that? I, I, I think... I don't know exactly how they're going to end up there. I mean, I, I think they have a time machine, so... No, I don't mean physically. I mean, I mean you, you you keep referencing the idea of being roped into Sigmundus as in, like, you're being indoctrinated into it, I suppose. Yeah. Um. So what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Do you, really, do you view Sigmundus as a full-on cult at this point, or...? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I they they seem to have a pe- like a penchant for bringing young children into their ranks um through you know Agnes in the in the 20s and um and I guess we'll know as I am trying to think a little how bit old older, he was in yeah. the 20s. Yeah, he's like probably in about the their 20s. age. He's about yeah. their age. So uh, to my mind they are they target impressionable um or, or target individuals when they're at like an impressionable and an emotional age um which i think is maybe what they're going to do to francisca and, and i think magnus maybe being the kind of character who sort of passive seems like he's willing to passively just follow francisca will will follow her into it um mm. because Fra- francisca has all this anger and as 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 we learned from star wars anger leads to hate um <laughs> which Suffering. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which will uh yeah like which you know sigmundus are nothing if not an organization who can uh utilize hate to get things done by the look of things um so yeah they they just it seems very pointed to me that they they appear to target children um mm. both it both in the you know the early time travel stuff in season one and now uh when they're sort of re- recruiting members um so yeah I, I think that's what the indoctrination looks like i don't know if it's a full-on cult per se um except that i i believe for someone to be in that group adam must have sold them on their on their goal yeah okay cool uh then we get the scene where marta and katarina 
are sort of finally on the same page, it seems, um, after all mm-hmm. this bickering and fighting since really since Mickle went missing. And um, Magnus comes in with the uh, the time machine, and yeah. there isn't really much said once the time machine's there. Katarina just sort of scuttles away upstairs with it. So does Magnus lie to Katarina in this scene? That's the one thing I wasn't sure about when, when she asked him if he knows how to use it. Well, he's seen Bartos use it, but we, yeah. we've, we've only seen them travel really once with it. Once, well, once there and once back round trip, I suppose. I don't know if you could if you could literally just watch someone use it twice and then know how to use it. That's that's fair point. He might have a photographic memory. We don't know. Yeah, he, he well, he definitely might. Well, actually, no, we know he doesn't because he was looking at Francisca on the phone, even though that's he'd true. already seen her breasts before. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, his 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 imagination would be far better than his pictures of her doing ribbon dancing was it was that what she was doing i can't remember yeah that's what she was doing yeah <laughs> yeah okay so maybe he wasn't lying i just i wasn't sure if if that because they like he and marta exchange a little look um after he says it which um probably is more uh, oh shit mom's gonna do something stupid than uh, <laughs> <laughs> then uh i've just lied to her kind of thing oh also actually on the subjects of magnus i forgot to mention this um but I loved the face that his uh, actor was pulling in the previous scene when they're getting a dressing down from Peter and Charlotte. And it, it very much captured the uh, boyfriend who is caught in the middle of an argument between a family energy. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and not say anything. Can you imagine being uh, like, I've maybe been in that position myself before. Uh, nothing too serious, like, but just been, especially, or maybe in a bit moment of tension in the family. Yeah. And can you imagine just if you, your phone rang, you just go, Hello? Uh, yeah. Uh, and just start having the conversation in front of the argument. <laughs> yeah. Jonas, you say? He's back. <laughs> yeah. Older, though. That's interesting. Let me tell everyone. And then <laughs> Francesca shouts about, like, or your, your girlfriend shouts about how your dad is gay and sleeping with a prostitute. It's like, I should probably go. It's, it's getting a bit heated. <laughs> yeah. There actually is a moment whenever Magnus first gets on the phone. Whenever it's, it is, the camera's just on Francesca. And she sort of stops mid-rant. And then slowly turns to Magnus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're in trouble now. You're in the doghouse, Magnus. Yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. So what do you think uh, Katarina is going to do with this time machine? Oh, she's going to do something dumb with it. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, th- th- I love, is it in the montage where we get the shot of her just staring at it as if that will make it reveal its secrets? Too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, she doesn't know how to use it. Bartos does. And she knows that Bartos does. We've already seen her go storming into Hannah's place, beating the door down to try and get the time machine. And presumably, her plan is still to try and get back to Mickle. I think I don't think that plan has changed. I think she's gonna do the. She's gonna go and try and do the same thing to to Bartos. Um, and there's gonna be a clash between uh, maybe a, a sort of culmination of 30 years of tension between her and Regina, um, which I'm really interested to see actually, because Regina is a character that I've come full circle on um, since, since her introduction. And mm-hmm. I, I'd be very um, up for seeing her get some kind of emotional catharsis at the end of her life by telling Katarina that she can do one um and that you know, she's she's not taking her son to go time traveling <laughs> yeah. awesome uh okay so uh next we get the egon figuring out the idea of the caves saying that um figuring out that claudia is involved in it um and then his death scene so mm. um 
What are you... So I've got a few things to say about this, but I'd let you go first on it. Okay. Um, so I, I, I should probably... I, I didn't mention this before, but I'll mention it now just because it, it sort of contextualizes a bit of what I'm going to say. So in the, in the car scene, when they're, when they're driving to back from his chemo, and it struck me that Claudia was... When when um when Egon mentioned Ulrich escaping from the mental asylum or the the, the psychiatric ward, um, to try and take Mikkel back through the caves, um, it struck me that Claudia was perhaps afraid that that might be the thing that would kill him, that Ulrich would somehow escape again, um, and uh, and and cause cause his death, yeah, uh, which which seemed you know ridiculous to me. There's no way he's getting out again, but it's 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 so painful to see her go through those kind of those thoughts knowing where this episode is going um and i think the characterization of egon throughout this entire episode is, is fantastic but in these two, the, his final two scenes um I, and I well i guess it's three scenes i'm kind of lumping um the the scene where he is dying um uh and and it, and it is turned to night in with 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 uh this this one where where he's talking to claudia about the caves okay but so when he's having his chemo and he's kind of lamenting that he wasn't a good police officer, there's a really, really palpable irony to the fact that he actually is capable of being a good police officer because he does start figuring things out. And yes, it's taken him a long time to do it. And we always joke about him being the last horse to cross the finish line. But when the chips are down, he does start to figure things out. Um, And, you know, he pieces together the truth about the caves. He pieces together the truth of who Claudia is. Mm -hmm. Um, and and it's this it's this sort of really bitter twisting of the knife uh that that he has he has like feared that he's wasted his life doing something he was bad at and it's it's not true but it just comes at the most unhelpful time it could not have been a worse time for for him to sort of have this 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 moment of clarity um and you can almost see in claudia's performance uh the the regret starting to run through her character, I think. So the, this this desire that you know, if she'd have told him something sooner, maybe it would have gone differently. Um, mm-hmm. And yet, the, you know, it's the road not taken, um, and it's and 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 well, it ends ends in tragedy. Yeah, like very much so. I I, I like the way that Claudia is stopping him from making the call that he believes would get to the bottom of child murders. So you can imagine when he finally says to her, you're the white devil, he, in his mind, he doesn't know in what way she's involved in this. And he might, he might even be thinking his dying thought that his daughter is involved in the kidnapping and killing of these children. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, so that might also add credence to the idea of him saying, well, almost, oh my God, you're the white devil, you know? Yeah. Um, also, she is wearing a white shirt. This, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, a bit of, uh, foreshadowing. I, I find, um, I find her when she's trying to stop him from making the phone call. I find it really interesting that she seems to be fixated on still, still at this point in her life, fixated on the scientific value of um, the discovery. Um, yes, that's the thing that needs protecting. And I feel like it's almost a bit of a reminder because we're getting to the stage now where it's quite easy to conflate characters with their older selves. Um, and I think this is a reminder that she is not the same woman yet. She hasn't gone through a lifetime of these kinds of hard choices and heartbreaks yet. Um, and, and although she, by the end of this episode, she's obviously heartbroken at what has happened. Um, 
I feel like the remorse that old Claudia has for all the things that she has done um, has tempered her to the point where the scientific value of the discovery, I don't think I've heard old Claudia mention that once, to be honest. Yeah, by that by that point, it's sort of old news to her. And she's more focused on sort of maybe the relationships. I mean, she does speak about being able to save uh, people and like, you know, mm. has definitely the idea that it's more important to her now, like sort of fixing it the next time around sort of thing. Yeah, like ending, um, ending it almost. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, uh, the fact that she was going to ring the police, she rang 911 and, or whatever it is in Germany, and then she uh, I think it's up. 111. I'm not sure. 111. Okay, so she I, said I she, hung, so. she hung up. And then she said, uh, they'll say, they said there'll be, there'll be uh, hard choices and there will be, what, sacrifices or something? Yeah. 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 So, I, I mean, I think I, you mentioned it previously, but I, I feel like there's a very deliberate line of comparison here between Jonas with Michael uh, in the previous episode mm-hmm. and with these two people, quote unquote, you know, killing their fathers and how they deal with Inadvertently that. Inadvertently killing it. Yeah. Killing their yeah. fathers. Um, but I, but, I, I, sorry. But there's, there's also further to that parallel because basically. After that, and I think someone, this is always a parallel that I noticed myself, but someone actually mentioned this, I can't remember who it was, but I want to give credit to that person who commented this on one of my videos in the past few weeks. Don't know what video it was, but it was one of them. And the idea that the, because um, I don't want them to come into, I, I don't want the person to come into this video and say that I stole the idea from them. All right. <laughs> All right. I am that petty. Uh, so basically. Come um, in swinging in the comments. That's what you need <laughs> yeah, to do. Come at me. Come at me, bro. Right. Okay. So. Basically, the idea that whenever Jonas comes to Claudia at the end of the episode, and basically he's sort of coming to her a bit like, almost like, I know what to do. Come with me if you want to live, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what Claudia did in the last episode too. And so both Claudia and Jonas are like two peas in a pod in this respect. They mm-hmm. both accidentally, inadvertently caused their, their fathers to die. And then in that moment of sheer, of, of like grief, uh, they are... Can, they, they come to almost whisk the other one away so Jonas comes to take Claudia away from that moment into her her mission and also Claudia does the same for Jonas she comes in to take Jonas away for his mission you know yeah no absolutely I, I think really the only difference between them is that my read of Claudia's mental state yeah or middle Claudia's mental state I should say after she has um, killed Egon is that she is still a slightly more active participant than Jonas was. I think Jonas, by the time it was revealed that Michael was going to have to kill himself, he didn't know which way was up. He was kind of being led by the hand away from it Mm -hmm. and was just like, I I, I couldn't really think about anything. Whereas I feel like it's telling that Claudia, even at her absolute lowest ebb, you know, she's heartbroken. She's racked with guilt and she's, she's, you know, a, a state. She's still thinking about, Oh, but if I, if I allow this to happen, regina will live um there's 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 a sort of there's a calculating nature to her which is cold i don't i I still i still think claudia is on this being truthful when she says she's on the side of good but but there's yeah there's a a kind of lack of a i don't say lack of emotion because she is clearly emotional about it but there's a there's an ability to be rational even in the most heightened of moments that Claudia possesses that I don't know if Jonas does. And I think that's the distinction between them um, in those two scenes. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, also, uh, also the idea that Jonas is almost a passenger in, in the process to his older self. 
Yeah. Um, whereas I don't think Claudia, Claudia's older self didn't really send her on this journey. Well, I suppose she kind of did, actually. But it's not really in the same vein as uh, Adam, who lied to Eunice. The last thing, uh, we actually have already talked about, any ideas about the last scene? Because we're sort of in the middle of this Jonas and Claudia discussion. See, any point on the very last scene, then we can go back and talk about the montage if you want. I don't think there was much to talk about for this montage, but yeah. Yeah, um, so I think this is this is kind of a very uh, like 16-year-old drama student kind of analysis here, but um, the bit where uh, Claudia walks into her own home and is like frantically washing her hands g- gave me a bit of a Lady Macbeth vibe. Um, mm. just this sort of desperate attempt to, to clean clean your hands of, of the sin that you have committed, but obviously they won't ever they'll never truly be clean again, uh, for Claudia. Um but yeah, the the um that that mirror of Jonas and Claudia uh, comes back again. Um but this time with bun- with a bunch of questions attached. So Jonas has changed clothes, point one. How's that happened? I wonder. Um, and also got back to the present in the chronology, um, or present in inverted commas. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he, he's back in, yeah, back in the, 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 the correct point in time, I guess. Which insinuates um, what? That Claudia has access, access to a portal which can take her and others to any time she wants to go to, to me. Possibly. Because, because... Or Jonas has been with Claudia for... Oh well, a ye- a uh, no, year? Uh, yeah, I guess it would have been yeah, no, because he was in would have been a year. Was it was he? June. It was June twenty nineteen. Now this is June twenty twenty. Oh well, June eighty, June eighty seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 87, ter- yeah, yeah. Yeah, in terms of yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, that is true. I suppose it could have just been that he's just been with her for a year. I wonder which of those is true. Actually, I, 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 I read it as he just travelled here immediately. But um, yeah, I, I hadn't, I hadn't considered that. Um, I wonder what they've been up to if they've just been there for a year, just hanging out. Um, that's, that's that's a spin-off. Yeah, oh, I'd love to see it. Love to see those two just sol- <laughs> so- solving crimes in Vinden uh, for their the the year year together. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so th- there's this uh, there's this idea I think again that these like he mentions that it won't happen to won't have to happen this way again next time, which seems to play into this this repeated idea of cycles that keeps coming back mm. which the more i hear about it the more i think that that the, these cycles are these kind of contains time loops and there's a way to travel between them or at least see different ones somehow and that claudia knows how to do that and i guess Jonas knows how to do it as well now because he's talking about them which i maybe i'm wrong but i feel like this is the first time Jonas has sort of confidently mentioned cycles of his own volition yeah, I would I would imagine so. Uh, he's got a, he's got the information sort of from Adam a bit, I suppose. Yeah, but, which is, is technically Jonas, I suppose. But it's but the young Jonas's first time of really sort yeah. of being. This is the first time we've sort of seen him where he's sort of the person in the know, you know, and he's sort yeah. of acting like, "Come with me if you want to live," as I say, you know. Yeah, yeah It's definitely. the first time he's been that sort of that role. So he sort of maybe is transitioning a little bit into the stranger type role at this point. Um, yeah, he's definitely more confident. Yeah, and he's definitely wearing different clothes. Uh, okay, so. What about the we skipped over it there the montage any any ideas about that it's just just very much let's check in with what's happened this episode I don't really have much yeah, to say yeah I, I really like the song choice um it was a really really striking song choice but nah nah yeah <laughs> uh, 
Is that actually what they say? No, I don't think so. I wish it was. <laughs> Ruined. I don't like the montage anymore. I've decided. Um, yeah, that very strong song choice. I felt like um, kind of structurally, it was more of a recap than than really showing us anything too uh, too important. I guess that the, the one thing that stood out to me was that um, by the end of it, uh, Stranger has the pendant back again. Um, that he gave or that he left for Marta, which I didn't actually see her give to him. Maybe I just missed that in the episode. Maybe she uh, left it or something. Yeah, but so I, I I wonder whether he will get a chance to to give it to her again, or whether next episode, if my if my chronology is right, and if Dark doesn't pull the rug out from under <laughs> me again and take us back to fucking nineteen fifty six or something for for the next episode. Um, that uh, the uh, the apocalypse is going to happen, so I wonder whether he will get a chance to give it to her again, or whether things are going to go real bad, and uh, and he's going to carry it with him as a memento from from there and uh, onwards until he becomes Adam. Yeah, interesting. I'm interested to see that as well. Uh, okay, so let's get into the roundup then. Yeah, let's do it. IMDb rating nine point three. What do you think? <laughs> just going straight in <laughs> yeah get it out of the way i m d b what do you think um you say not, I, i've already forgotten the rating you say 9.3 9.3 i think that's too high i, I want to be clear i didn't think this was a bad episode of television it was still good i enjoyed it and i i think hannah and claudia and egon and um uh the, the the few scenes with with Marta and stranger were all great there's a lot of good stuff in there but i think this is one of the weaker episodes of dark so i'd probably put it at about an eight i would say okay yeah, I mean, it's still well, an eight well, like, eight's, eight's still a fantastic like score let's yeah, be honest it's, it's just not as good as I, I think it's probably the worst episode of this season um but again it's that's worst in the context of dark which is still a very high standard yeah, exactly. We're splitting hairs, really. But um, yeah, I know what you mean. And I think definitely the experience of uh, of the last episode into this episode didn't quite sit with you, which is fine. And, and to be honest with you, none of us can really have an opinion on that because we all binged it. Um, so we don't really know. I don't really know if I had waited a week between six and seven, whether or not I would have felt the same or not. I personally just view this episode like every other one. Like it, to me, it's I, I do have favorite episodes and I do have episodes that I know are better technically and you know but mm. the thing is it's just dark man and i just i just, <laughs> I just love it so just much just stick that on the box it's yeah. dark man it's dark man you know you, can, you cannot I, you cannot beat it like to me, i I, I feel like the table is is very neatly set for the end of the season i think there's going to be I, I have every confidence that the the season is going to end really really well um i think this one was just moving moving some pieces about and getting them where they needed to be for stuff to go crazy in the next episode yeah and like let's let's just say as well the idea that egon died in this one we were told he was dying on this day ages ago yeah. so so the idea of finding out claudia caused it it's not really a huge surprise based on what's happened in this show so far yeah. so it's it's if this was to be, to be viewed as like a big reveal or a big moment episode definitely in terms of the character arcs and in terms of like the the structure of the story going forward it is but in terms of blowing your mind i don't know if it does blow your mind you know yeah i i think that the, the most surprising thing in this was just hannah's whole thing like her just deciding i'm off to the 50s now which wasn't really a like a single a singular moment of like oh my god it was more 
Hannah, what are you doing? And then, yeah. <laughs> and then just a continued kind of mouth agape incredulousness at her at her horrible behavior um so yeah there weren't really any there weren't really any big reveals um but i think you know dramatically it holds up just fine there's some really good performances in it um and and uh, it maybe maybe like didn't have quite as much of the sort of stunning photography that that we sometimes see but I think that's probably because it was depicting a lot of dialogue without any, you know, it, it, there wasn't that much of the the science fiction in this one. Yeah, and also like the idea, like you'll remember Hannah going to the fifties for the first time. You'll remember mm, yeah, uh, Claudia killing Egon. You'll remember the Klausen with the gun scene. Yeah. You'll re- you'll remember Jonas showing up at the end and saying we're going to the future. Yeah. So the, the, this episode, when you look back on it, when you finished all three seasons, it will have a load of key moments for you that you will remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just might not be one that you'll look back on uh, and think, oh, that was a fantastic episode. But you will remember the moments. Okay. Uh, so this week, guys, unfortunately, I do not have a What the Dub. Oh, the disappointments just keep mounting up. And I do not have a Vincent. Oh. What are we even doing? Uh, I, I, I think... There are things we could talk about in terms of Vincest, <laughs> but that would really just be a theory crafting session, and I'd rather leave that for our Q and A on Friday. What do you think? What would happen if, in the year that Claudia and Jonas spent together, they formed some kind of romantic relationship, like a, a Harold and Maud style thing, like a, pe- a pensioner and a nineteen-year-old? Well, that definitely happened. Uh, it's, it's, oh, I hope so. Yeah, one hundred percent, hundred percent. Claudia, Claudia could teach him a thing or two about girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she well she's seen her mother get getting uh, a very attractive girl for herself, so she's she's comes from good stock. Yeah, absolutely, and she's you know she started early with Tranter as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she knows a thing or two. Uh, all right, anyway, guys, so that's that. Uh, make sure you subscribe on the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe on audio apps. If you want to leave a comment underneath for Conrad to answer on Friday's episode, uh, then this will be for the Friday episode next week. So it'll be for the uh, season finale. Uh, leave those comments on this video. You can also send us uh, questions at uh, adpodmail at gmail.com. adpodmail at gmail.com. Um, apart from that, uh don't think we mentioned... Oh, yeah, we also got a donation from Vic Disco. Thank you very much, Vic. I'll mention it on the next episode too because we didn't mention it at the beginning of this episode. We should have. I apologize. Vic Disco, thank you very much. Uh, every awesome. pen- thank you. Every penny means a lot to us because we're we're able to really sort of start upping the production value of our show. We've obviously got new microphones. Uh, we've now sort of we we have we have finally bought Conrad a, a really good webcam. Well, we say really good. We'll see how it looks. Yeah. Um, we didn't go for the high, really high price ones yet. We can't afford them yet, but we did. We did uh, get him one that wasn't the bottom shelf. You know what I mean? So we'll see how he looks. We'll get him uh, his face on the camera soon. I'm going to um, smear Vaseline on it anyway to obscure my features. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So he's, you're not going to see him, but you'll, you'll see a little a <laughs> mist of him. Uh, yeah. But that, 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 uh, those things that we're getting are in a, a huge way thanks to the donations that people have been uh, sending through. Yeah, and totally. we're yeah, very, very, very thankful for them. So thank you very much. If you can't spare a few pounds to help the show, that's absolutely fine. You can either give it to charity or you can even just watch the video. If you're watching the video and seeing the ads, well, then that is throwing us a few pennies. So thanks very much, guys. All right, so I think that's all us for this week. Any final thoughts, Conrad? Uh, join us next week for the exciting conclusion of Dark Season 2. I can't believe we're here. We are. This is this Season 2 has gone really quickly for me. 
it has. I mean, it is shorter, I guess. But yeah, I can't believe we're at the end of season two. So yeah, come come along and see me get everything wrong. Basically, I'm sure all of my theories are going to be out the window by the by this time next week. Yeah, and start getting excited because we've got a load of things coming. We've got Conrad's theory matrix episode coming for the Woo! end of season two which is going to be great. I can't wait to reflect on his theory. Look, I'll give it a little, little a preview of that now, folks. It's looking bad. <laughs> <laughs> so Conrad's Theory Matrix is coming. We're also going to be uh, doing a video where Conrad and I are both on camera and we are re- reacting to some of my theories from season uh, at the end of season two going into season three. My theories about what I thought was going to happen. I'm really looking forward to doing that. Uh, Conrad, what about you? Yes, I am contractually obliged to say that I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, <laughs> no, it will be really fun. I like. I, I'm. I'm very interested to see what you thought um, and how how close together um, we are. I will. I will actually say, um, just in case anyone's worrying, I'm going to be editing my old videos a little bit so that anything that I was predicting based on trailers and press releases is not included. I'm only going to be showing Conrad the things that I predicted based on what was already in the show. Yeah, no, that would. Um, uh, well, with the with the trailers that revealing, I don't. I, I've not seen any of them. Um, not really, but I did. I did use them a little bit in my theories, and I'd rather just avoid that because we've no had no trailers so far. So yeah, we'll just avoid. That's fair you'll, you'll still have enough of the main point, I think. Um, and even if it's us having to just listen to the audio for a bit because I show images from the trailer, then that can just be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would be cool though. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, awesome. Okay, also start. Also, guys, this is a really long outro, but still, uh, keep thinking about whether you're a Conrad or an Anthony for the next yeah, season. Conrad. For the, for, for the next show, we're going to choose. You need to choose to be a Conrad or an Anthony. If you've not seen the show before that we choose, you can either watch it all and then be in my shoes, or you can theorize along with Conrad week to week. All right. Thanks very much for watching, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the After Dark podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode.